the Podjectivity Network. Today, Andy and I interviewed a woman in Milwaukee who was lovely. Um, she Her name is Kristen, and you can listen to her interview on Growing Beyond. I'm going to put it on that uh, feed. And because it... The it, Podjectivity Network. <laughs> it leans more into, um, ooh, we'll say, personal development, growth, healing, kind of that realm. So, um, you guys know I've been working with a shaman on and off for 15 years or so. And before that, Myron, Myron, Myron. and then some things, Myron Oshowski. Yep. He has his own website and he's done work all over the world with refugees and, um, his background is in psychology. So, oh, that's loud. His background is in psychology and he kind of what I've appreciated about him is that he has a foot in both worlds, which is to say he's grounded, but he also goes into the spiritual realms and the spiritual worlds and kind of walks between the worlds. So um, she is one of the people that he mentors and uh, she has a background in soil science and geology and environmental work, um, restoration of natural resources and, um, also has a background in her ethnicity. Um, she's Sicilian and in her words, she comes from a long line of healers through that lineage uh, I don't know if she used the word healers. It might have been more. No, no it was. It was. Yeah. Okay. So she kind of details how um, going through. How do we say this? When you go through a spiritual awakening, it can feel like a lot of different things to everybody. It might feel different. Some people might get really strong emotional um, ups and downs. Some people might um, have sensory experiences they've never had before. Some people might have really vivid dreams. Some people might um, hear voices that feel like real voices. Some people might... But aren't schizophrenic. Some people might see auras or like see colors and shapes where there's no explanation for why they're seeing them. Some people might um, have extreme sensitivities to environments or there's all kinds of different ways that people who um, like, if you think of yourself as having all these closed doors energetically, uh, sometimes in your life, these doors can open um, in yoga, traditional like yoga therapies. You could call this Kundalini awakening um and then there's other some people call it like the dark night of the soul there's all these different ways of describing it anyways 
this is a lot of background to say she started by talking about her spiritual awakening and through um this sense of always feeling connected to the earth ever since a kid and feeling like having that revelation where you're sitting in church and you're you're realizing this is not the thing that makes me feel most connected to anything quite the opposite quite the opposite and realizing the way i the way i feel she was also raised catholic it should be said so we really yeah the way i feel most connected is when i'm out in nature when i'm in the woods when i'm awakened by the moon and i feel this calling to go outside and look at the moon so to her the earth was like her sanctuary and her sacred space. Dairyland, the Kettle Moraine, was the region in which she grew up. Mm-hmm. And drawing from that, she studied the earth and studied and like sort of followed that passion. But then with her spiritual awakening and sort of understanding her lineage coming through her was actually a part of her and that she was having all these experiences that she couldn't explain where like she was getting impressions from trees or from spirits or from uh that like science in quotes wouldn't necessarily explain um it sort of started her on this other trajectory so it was like realizing that you have um this language being spoken to you and you don't understand the language so you have to then learn how to translate so energetically your impressions of the world around you might be telling you things you don't understand. So then you go to the masters to learn. So we talked to her today about her work, uh, healing land. And the way that this makes sense to me is through, because I work through touch and I work through the energy of the human body and I can feel where there's tensions and I can feel where there's traumas and part of, unwinding all of those things is just by observing and honoring and holding space. It's essentially the same thing, but for the earth. So it's witnessing, observing, withholding judgment and making connections to earth, trees, soil, uh, (laughs) anything in the natural world. And by the act of um, telling the tree engaging good and connecting was one of the things she said. I'm sorry to interrupt, but when she to ground it a little bit, she was like, for example, you know, saying good morning to the tree, laying down in your yard in the grass and like hugging your yard, um, getting down in it and on it. And, and that level of like she expressed a little reluctance at like, I uh, don't know how comfortable I am showing this side of myself that I'm, I, these are some of the things that I do and why I do them. But like, can you imagine looking out over your fence and seeing your neighbor just <laughs> belly down on their lawn, hugging it out with their lawn? You think, I'm saying if, okay? if I was hugging a, little, a tree I'm, or something, you guys yeah. would not be shocked. You'd not be like, at all. Well, good morning, no. Chris. <laughs> I'd be like, busy. <laughs> hugging this tree right now. I'll, I'll come see sure. you in a minute. Sure. There's a communion, basically. And she's saying. You want to stop short of dry humping the tree. There's a connection. You can't uh-huh. have sex with trees. <laughs> no. I'm sorry. Yeah. A lot of friction. So are you still laying out her. 
Well, that's kind of the gist of it. It was um, the thing that there's a couple of things that really stuck out to me. This was not um, like new territory for me. I know that there are people who spend time directing light and healing energy towards the earth because the earth is ignored for the large part by the majority of Americans, we'll say. And by large corporations and by governments. And it's sort of like um, there's a big gap between people's understanding of themselves and knowing that they're a part of this earth and they are interwoven and interconnected. And so therefore you need to take care of the earth. And I'm not just talking about like the climate or, but like, for instance, if, um, if a trauma happened on a plot of land and let's say a hundred people died let's assume that if it was traumatic i've been watching last kingdom and that viking all the viking fighting utrid son of utrid son of utrid is the greatest warrior and very handsome and he talks with that look and uh, that rhythm <laughs> and that prosody like this what cuz he's Scandinavian? Sorry. And so let's assume that some of that Viking horrible battle and warfare was traumatic for the people who died. You know, getting a sword through the heart is traumatic. That's also how they envisioned heaven. Another fight. Getting your ears cut off. Getting your throat slit. Maybe getting... Your hand chopped off, whatever it is. Get it back in Valhalla, baby. Let's just assume there's some emotions, surprise, shock, disgust, terror, any, any number of a whirlwind of emotions that in that moment when you die and your spirit, let's assume that there's a spirit or like an energy leaves your physical body. If there's so much confusion and tumult happening, there is this idea that that energy can sort of um, get imprinted. And the earth, being as connected as we are, we breathe the earth and the earth breathes us. That is how we live. We breathe what the plants give out. I mean, that's like the basic common energy exchange, like base level. We're part of the earth. We breathe it in thousands of times a day. So beyond that, though, if this tumultuous energy is sort of there, the earth picks up on it. It's the same way as like um, if someone has just had an argument and you come into the room, you can kind of feel there's like a tension in the air, tension in the air. So not to assume that the earth has like a cognizant, intelligent brain but it picks up on energy. It's It has an energy field. It is affected and impacted by what happens. And so there's these areas of tension, trauma. They could be centuries old. And part of what this woman does is find those spots and release the tension and the trauma. This kind of goes on the, the foundational belief that what we do affects and impacts the earth more than just in the tangible ways that we can see. And so that, I think, is sort of the gap 
that exists for some people is, yeah, they might climb trees when they're little. They might play in the creek. But then when they get older, maybe they'll take a walk in the woods or maybe they'll, you know, know that it's good to get some fresh air every once in a while. But they're not communing. There's no communion. There's no exchange. There's no... um offering and receiving there's no gratitude for what came before there's no like oh i'm feeling like a little tension in this part of the woods i wonder if i like tune in will i get a sense of like context what's needed from me maybe this area is like asking something of me what is it asking there's the possibility for communication between us and the living, breathing planet that we walk on. And so part of her work is like teaching people and educating people to make connections, ask, receive, make offerings. You know, traditionally it would be like tobacco. You leave an offering in exchange for what the earth gives you because the earth is in a constant state of giving. It's giving us all of our food. It's giving us all of our nutrients. It's giving us our oxygen. It's giving us our water. It's giving us literally everything how often do we offer something in exchange almost never so part of her work is like getting people to understand that it matters and she was really really also kind of sweet and nice and grounded and a mother of two very proud mother of two adorable pictures of her children in this quaint uh Really, I, I like the her place itself. If these mm-hmm. details matter, it was the second floor of like one of those old houses that you'd see off of Willie Street neighborhood area, built in the twenties. You go in there, and there's you know wood paneling on the walls and pillars and built-in bookshelves and charm and you know it was a cool space. I just enjoyed. And some people, the- I've I've talked to a lot of people that do spiritual like energetic work, and some of them I was telling Andy are quite like woo woo like really far out there really far out there and she's not she's you really used grounded. the term you used the term earlier a foot in reality i think is yep. what you said like uh and i'm that's something that i might like to explore a little bit more exactly what that means but something that one of the things that struck me if i may real quick is when she talked about the native being aware of the native american history in that place and going to a spot near the river not far from where she lived where there were mount burial mounds it was a sacred space long ago and bringing an offering of tobacco which is just a traditional ritual thing to do i guess and part of a healing person's toolkit and and that's the offering that's made and whether that's just symbolic or it really achieves anything beyond what we can perceive, like instead of just sitting there with your guilt about being a white person in this place that dispossesses people, go to the place that was sacred to them, make a gesture that, you, you know, the observing, the witnessing of formalizing it a little bit. Mm-hmm demonstrated a level of conscientiousness that was interesting to me. I thought it was nice to see her be like offering a, a, like, what do you do with that? You know what I mean? Like white guilt. What do you do with it? 
just yeah but but to have an actionable sort of whether it's just symbolic or whatever else like we'll try and communicate with it make a gesture give something back to this this trauma in our past that hasn't been healed this is my way of of trying to make that right or you know heal this or respect this or I have kind of a funny story that's a weird metaphor for that, if you guys want to hear it. I like funny Play stories. Play it on us. <laughs> I think it's funny. It made me laugh at the time. So I was walking home from the bars with a friend in Fort Collins, and <laughs> um, he was super drunk, and he fell down on the sidewalk, and... Instead of like trying to like embarrass him or fix it or do anything, I just sat down where he lay. Like literally, I remember his cheek <laughs> being on the sidewalk, <laughs> just like splayed out. It's <laughs> a good look. Hopefully, there was a puddle of barf nearby. <laughs> I sat really down and I just lit a cigarette, and I was like. I'm just going to be here with you until you're ready to get up. <laughs> and it's kind of after after the fact, when he was sobered up a little bit, he was like, honestly, that was really great. Like, you just kind of were with me and not trying to make anything better. And you were pulling my arm to get up before I was good and ready. Yeah. For the world to stop spinning. Like all the time in the world, just sit. I'm just going to sit and have, you know, a smoke and just kind of hang out. And to me, part of the the healing process for for the earth is like um because there's such a frantic a frantic energy around fixing the environment and like the pollution and the panic, the, the yeah. tangible stuff. Panic for some. Part of it is witnessing, and witnessing is quite powerful, actually, as you know, as a social worker. Yeah. Just having someone observe without judgment, and be on the ground with you, and so I feel like part of her work too is like doing that for the earth, of like just listening, instead of powering through. And like, just taking a minute. Driving a four wheeler over it off a sweet job. Sweet. So it was interesting. It was definitely interesting. How long did you spend with her? Uh, we recorded for about an hour and a half, and we okay. were there for two hours, probably. So, her income earning potential from this endeavor. Shamanism. Yeah. I can tell you what Myron charges me. Yeah. Myron yeah. charges um, for an hour-ish. It'll be $90. Okay. And then usually if there's something else that needs to be done, like, for instance, he's going to meet with me again for a half an hour because I just saw him recently. Okay. Um, it, it's, you know, maybe free. He's done a lot of stuff, like, for my kids for free. Okay. He's come out to my house and, like... Check the space. Check. So he's a really cutthroat businessman. You're saying? No, he's just generous. He's like yeah. really kind. Yeah. And I wonder if that for your kids though, how they'll reflect on that. Like, and when they talk to their friends, like, "What? You don't have a shaman?" 
in your mm-hmm. house. Mm-hmm. Hashtag Myron. Anyway. Hashtag uh, Myron. And I don't, I think it's, it's a good way, given how, I don't know if I want to really go into this right now, yeah, but I've had an experience with a psychiatrist's office where I'm like six months in to just trying to get like basic communication happening and a medication that works until I basically abandoned this office because their communication was so terrible and they... Did you like the person that you saw? No. No? I mean, yes and no, but... I suppose you don't have to like them, but... My point is I'm not the only person that is frustrated with traditional Western approach to mental and emotional health and having... Um, a healer or like a shamanic worker or someone who alternative operating in a different realm towards the same end of like let's let's make you come to a place of wholeness where you're feeling good about your life is is a nice approach it's also thousands of years old and western medicine's approach is relatively new and so um not just in terms of medicine, but in terms of how communication is handled and the runaround and the insurance and all the mechanisms of just trying to get basic needs met. It's a lot. And so $90 for an hour of work might sound like a lot. No, it doesn't sound like a lot. Oh, Jesus, man. I was kidding. But the approach (laughs) is nice. He's on time. Number one, you don't have to wait. I feel like every doctor's appointment that I've had in the last six months, I've waited 20 minutes for the doctor Mm. to get on at the time that our scheduled appointment was on. One time it was 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. There's such a mystical air to the term shaman that I almost assume that one minute the chair is empty... And, and then right poof, on time, boom. They he just appears in lotus manifested out of thin air. Saying, Hello, Chris. Yeah. I see you today. Yeah. Have you met him? No, I haven't no. yet. I'd like to, though. He's a super nice guy. Yeah? Yeah, really nice. Mm-hmm. It almost I sounds like job like title Jedi or yeah. something. You know what I mean? To say you that you're a shaman. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, is it time for questions now? I will say one other thing. Okay. I've seen some shamanic... I knew this would take a while. This is what a pod is supposed to sound like. I've seen some shamanic practitioners who have done all the trainings and just aren't that good. And then there's other people that are really gifted. All the hustle in the this world, is, all the stretching. Yep, that's right. This comes back to like the athleticism. There's people that are really intuitive and gifted and they don't know how to handle or manage their gifts. And then they do the trainings and they do and get the tools and resources. Those are the people that you want to seek out because you can do all the trainings in the world. And if you're not, if you don't have that thing, it's just not going to work. And that's true for like elementary school teachers. It's true for social workers and it's true for shamans too. There's just that, that like thing that makes you really good at what you do. Talent, ability. It's not training all the time. Sometimes, but not not really. Like a knack. A knack, a, little a more, calling, yeah. a disposition. Uh, yeah. We're talking around it a lot, but is there a definitive word for the thing, the X factor, the it? Essence. The, Ooh, essence. I like that, that one, one thing. Mm-hmm. Essence. So I'm picturing... 
that this woman looks like Kate Blanchett in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> a lot of braids, Dan. No, and she white looks light. like an Italian. She, she's beautiful and Italian with Star long dark hair. And when she walks in the forest at night, does she glow? Uh, maybe. And these are not, that's not a mocking. You know, when I'm she hugs joking. the ground that's, at night, it glows around her. She is an elven queen. This is like Avatar, like respect okay. for the, like we are connected. Is it, yes. Now is it time that's to a, ask questions? Ask, yeah, ask time? away. I don't know if I can answer them, but... The walks between the worlds that was like in the first 10 seconds. Yeah. Uh, how many people on earth are there like this? Are like, are we all capable of this? Or of what? This tuning in communicative gift of tuning in. If she were here, I think she would definitely invite you exchange to information. With One the of the earth things we talked tribe. about was religion insists that you need to go between between you and the spiritual realm Mm -hmm. and she would insist the opposite Mm. that there's no barrier other than your i'm sorry to interrupt but it reminded me of martin luther and his message to the church and making the bible accessible to germans in the their own native language and saying like you know you don't need to read this to us in Latin that we don't understand and keep it all a mystery. Like this is our Mm -hmm. faith. This is what we believe and we practice it ourselves. There's a quote. I I think it's Lily Tomlin has a quote that says, when you talk to God, it's known as prayer. But when God talks to you, it's known as schizophrenia. Mm. Uh. And I think that's sort of what we're trying to like, Hmm fade away the idea that no you don't need like a are you talking about destigmatizing i'm talking about if you want to um enter into a conversation with um source energy or like earth energy or whatever then you can just go ahead and do it yeah right i don't need you don't need permission priest you don't need permission right maybe maybe a method or two like she talked about she described Going into a journeying on something. Drums and rattles for shamanic journeying. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, is that something that even occurs to somebody to do unless they've had some kind of training? Or what the fuck do you mean by, I sat down and journeyed on this for a while. And, and, you know, that sounds like voodoo to the layman. Hmm. You know what I mean? Well, there's there's a lot of country folk that won't understand this. There's apps you can get that have <coughs> drums where you can get into that theta state. Trance state, she used that term too a little bit. So like there is some, mm-hmm. is this, uh, back to Dan's question, that sounds intriguing. How do you do it? This is kind oh, of... And a, you yeah. said you've seen other people who take the training or they do this, mm-hmm. but you can tell they're just like, no, he just doesn't have it. He's that's just fake, not communicating with That's a with fake trance state. He's uh, no, you're not communing with shit over there. I will say everyone has the capabilities to like connect with their own inner guide, inner wisdom, source energy, all that. Some of them have more of a knack for offering healing services to others, and some just don't. And part of it is being able to listen and hold space. Part of it is have they done their own work. Like, how much baggage are they bringing into the room? How much of it is, um, you know, up the glass. 
Yeah, foggy glasses. And can they be a clear... If you're relying on someone to bring you messages from the spirit world, you better be sure that they're their vision is clear and that they're not e- their ego isn't involved huh sorry <laughs> the one of the questions that i asked her at this point was do you ever get a message that you feel is like hey you know that's not helpful <laughs> thanks for your input but mm, what the fuck does that mean that the earth would clap back. Bring, bring the key to the golden door. After what key? You, What's the door? What do we... What? That's Kate Blanchett, Lord of the Rings stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she does... So when she's not environmental sciencing, she does this. And you... Uh, is it like... Is, is she a for lack of a better word, clergy person of this. Like she is a priestess of this. I would not use the word priestess. So what is, I'm, I'm, I want to know what is she. It's not as formal as that. She's doing this in some altruistic fashion for others or for herself. For for, for, for both. For us. For both. It's personal benefit. spread the word. Like, isn't she trying to. Not like missionary. No, 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 no. no. She's. So you got to describe like what. What kind of an enterprise is this? What is she? What is her altruistic goal in this? Okay. Does that is that a? I'll leave it vague. Yeah. And just say what's the goal? Sure. Um. I'm gonna put it in the context of the work that I do, which is body work, but also energy therapy. So someone can come to me and say, "I don't know why I'm here, but I read your description and I want to try what it is that you do." And so I work with energy, I work with um, the body, and I work with um, that sort of mm, source intelligence, we'll say, that happens when you hold space with hands on people, like healing, healing work, we'll say. And they get on my table, and I do my work, and my intention is that they um, experience healing, come into their sel- themselves fully, experience relief, unwind tension. And usually people get off my table and they say, if it's the first time there, they'll say, I can't, I can't understand what that was I've never felt like this before I feel hopeful when before I felt despair I it's sort of like letting them feel that they have this juice and like available energy to them that they didn't know was there and it's really simple and easy and uh, it's not unusual for people to say that's life-changing wow I didn't know and so for within the context of what she does, it's sort of like similar. It's sort of like a, not necessarily having a distinct agenda of like, I will carry out my work into the world and it will be changed and it will be good. Yeah. It's sort of like 
people who are experiencing awakenings, they don't understand why, or people who have this sense of an energy in their house that's disturbing and they don't understand why. So you can go see her like a client. You can go see her. That's what I was trying to understand is how does this yeah. transaction work? Because there's a... Because... Yeah. yeah. It's an... It's this a, could also be just her doing service. this into the just out into the universe i understand it's a service trying to if you thought you had a ghost in your house you could email her and say i think i have a ghost in my house i don't know what to do can she put a ghost in my house (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. that's a separate service dad do you want a ghost in your house we're talking about ghost delivery at this point No, I don't want to make I don't want to make too much light of this because it's really I'm no, it's funny though. I'm taking I'm, the journey here. And I'm, I'm trying to understand what she does, so now it helps. I understand. I'm picturing I'm go- about calling Myron. I'm she picturing Ghostbusters. A, that's her. Uh, <laughs> With that little metal box. That's her side hustle. That's it's what she likes to do. <laughs> yeah, it's it feels really okay. weird to monetize nice. that kind of work, yeah. but sure. yeah. yes, she's selling a product though. It is a product, but. and she's reluctant. Not I wouldn't say reluctant. She's been cautious to say that this is what she does because she understands for some some folks it might sound like uber crazy and like she's she said this is scary for me you guys don't want mary higgs to come in here right now (laughs) (laughs) i went to a woman named linda hine Mm. in uh watertown she does this out of her home she's about i don't know she's probably 65 and her advertisement was for massages and, ah. then, and then she does um, sell other items like oils and crystals and whatnot. But I went in. Oily crystals, my favorite. Ew. Yeah. And received a really solid massage. Uh-huh. But there were some moments where there wasn't touch. And I'm like, this still feels good. <laughs> <laughs> is that kind of what we're getting at? Maybe she has this uh, neck, has this. I don't know anything inter- about her, but yeah. maybe, yeah. Yeah, because. Yeah. It's it like a, con- a conduit, like mm-hmm. I was plugging in. Ah, plugging in. Yeah. Interesting. That's why I wanted to let you talk uninterrupted for. That was fantastic. I really, I really feel like that should not only be a podcast, that should be like a YouTube video. Part of what I enjoyed today was watching Chris and this other woman who are both, oh, uh, both identify as healers, but go about it differently and and kind of talking about their journey from Catholicism Uh. to that super unconventional, really quite desperate, disparate landing point. You know what I mean? and I will say too that I think Mary Higgs just pulled up. She can't help herself. She knew. She knew. Mary. Mary Higgs. No, I'm not gonna know. I feel like We're not her in. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's cold out there, Dan. Go home. Go I home. feel like um, there's such a weird stigma around. Um, first, there, there's a couple things. One is to try to separate. Um, hands-on healing from like religion is one thing yeah because some of it is so woo-woo and so jesus and so just associated with jesus all all kinds of realms of bullshit and 
Um, Exploitation, too. It's a hustle. Yes. Yes. So there's that. And then there's this whole other like 80s, 90s, new age thing where it's like, I'm going to wave a crystal over you and you're going to be healed. And it's sort of like um, people that weren't grounded in reality at all. And now we're finally like at a place where you can get Reiki with cancer treatment. And you, it's like legit. A covered service. It's legit. Yeah. Acupuncture Whoa. is not an odd thing. Like for uh, no, members. I I had uh, massage paid for by the the county. Really? Yeah. When I, I had group health. That's everything. a grounding thing. You know, speaking of our of our uh, just as modern culture, I would say has disconnected us from the earth. Mm-hmm. It has disconnected us from our own bodies. In profound ways, too, and that, you know, think about your average job where you're just sitting at a fucking desk, you know. You are a processor. All, yeah, you're. Information for the. You're maybe sedentary or you're just like, you know, you're looking at your phone for a lot of distractions and whatever else, too. Like, just we're out of our bodies mm-hmm. in a way that uh, a massage therapist, a good one, when they start releasing tension. Yeah. In all of these different places, you realize like, or won't oh, even notice it, finding it. Oh, oh, that's connected to this yeah. other thing. I, I oh, right. Well, uh, you were talking about soul killing jobs. Uh, I'm going to cash in on a little bit of uh, this and say my job. I think I benefit from my contact with the earth every day. You're yeah, measuring dude. the earth. It's one of my. It's one of the. God damn it! If you have to have a job. Like mm-hmm. I am outside almost every day. It's and you, you take, you Joe take Rogan, punch and the every prick. day in a different way. Uh, <laughs> you take nature's punch. Yeah, and you have your waders on, and you fucking charge up the it, hill with the not light equipment on your shoulder. Yeah, you know I can nerd out. Like uh, I take it pretty. Even a nice day is like is a long day mm-hmm. out, outside. Every, like, it's almost May, and every day it's been 45 oh, dear. with a damp yeah. wind. <laughs> <laughs> a gray sky and a damp wind. Enjoy, Dan. <laughs> For, like, three or four straight days, it's been like that. And now, yeah. so, every day is taking nature's punch, and that's, you know, I, it's not... I don't want to overdrive. It's not the revenant, but oh, you, you gotta get raped by a bear. Are no, you it, in a horse carcass. And, and it feels <laughs> so, yeah. on his lunch break on your inside cell phone? a dead deer. Yeah. That's a benefit of my job is I, I get to commune and communicate with the earth uh, in that way. I will say too. And there's a legacy part of it because you go to spots where like these marks all over the state like mm-hmm. were put there in like the 1830s and 40s. Mm-hmm. So I get like. Here's some survey nerdery, like some haunting, like this is the spot where they put it. And what what do you do then when you notice that? Well, I just how do I explain it? Well, he sprinkles tobacco over the. No, I'm curious. What do you do? (laughs) Just kind of think about it. Just kind of acknowledge it, especially when I go to one that's in a super remote place. Yeah. A real bitch to get to Mm -hmm. (laughs) taking nature's punch. Yeah. Yeah. like, this is where they put it in the 1830s and 40s. And, oh, my God, was it harder then? And, oh, my God. Do you say anything out loud? Like, I have lunch in my backpack. Or do water. you sing or anything? Oh, 
Oh, you're asking if I like make an offering of some kind or uh, do you like notice that. yourself humming or like singing or pausing or is it does it extend beyond? No, not to that level. Beyond it's your not thoughts. To that level. Okay. Have you hugged any of those trees? I just kind of go, uh, damn, this, you know, this spot's been here for since the 1830s. I'm going to say this. I think you're a healer of the land. Mm. You walk the land and you notice things. That was fast. I'm, yeah. ser- I'm serious. This is moving quickly. You're mo- <laughs> you are walking all over the place and you notice things. Just that. Natural places. Oh, my God. Like you're, yeah, you're not on concrete. I well, I'm glad I brought it up. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, very true. I, Jeremy, we're not in the club. We're not going uh, to be. No, constant. you're not, you're not out there closer? like drinking PBRs and throwing your cigarette butts on the ground. No. You're here. like, hey, something happened here. No, I work here. for the land. Something happened here. I work for the land. That's what I tell people. That's, That's right. how I get out of disputes. Like, mm-hmm. whoa, 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 whoa. I, I work for the land. <laughs> That's right. I don't work for the guy that I like hired me. outside. Does that make me evil? No, you're giving. That's an offering. No, but true, even though it's my I pay waste. outside all the time. Even so it's, it's okay. Chris you are stu- no, you are a steward of the land for sure, and yeah. it shows. And in I the, walk around and notice things. In the way that you've also described your, um, I wish the you... way that you feel about your family land and wanting mm. to preserve it. And yeah. absolutely, ah, I do communicate with the land. Mm. I want to read something to you guys. This is from Myron's newsletter, just to give you a sense of him. Okay, <laughs> the system will collapse. If we refuse to buy what they are selling, I'm in. their ideas, their version of history, their wars, their weapons, their notions of inevitability, remember this. We may be many and they be few. They need us more than we need them. Another world is not only possible, she's on her way. On a quiet day, I can hear her breathing. That's a quote from Arundhati Roy. That was the start of his newsletter. People in pain have perspectives on systems that are important to hear, as pain is an indicator of imbalances that need to be addressed. If we silence our pain, personal and collective, we are ignoring key warning signs that we're headed towards danger, and these warning signs of pain are here to help us. The pain is a crucible to create a path forwards towards healing in a more just world. Indigenous traditions understand this and practice its implications. That's just the beginning of the newsletter. It goes on and on. I like on the on. word crucible. I do too. It's powerful. Yeah. The idea but also that... Just so listeners have an idea, this is going to run two hours or so? That, no, 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 no. Okay. But that's that's like Myron. That's like he's deep, yes. but also there's some interesting <clears throat> shit in there. He's making an argument that pain is like a fever of your soul or something. In uh, that... Dude. Yeah. Yeah. And that it's purposeful in that in that sense. And it gives, you know, it makes that easier to bear if you think that it's, there's a point of some kind to it. Well, divorce, like this marriage is painful. Yeah, that's a clue. Set your sails in another direction. <laughs> it's a clue. Pain exists for a reason. It shows you who you are and what you need. Sounds like it's a motivator too. Like, how do I get away from this? Ouch. <laughs> Ouch again. Ouch. <laughs> where, where am I going to stop getting my ass kicked by that? <laughs> so I was glad that you just talked for however long straight. For like for fucking ever. Because. Everyone's asleep. And that's, I had to it's ask. It's just me. Everyone's sleeping on the beds. <laughs> I had to ask about. <laughs> 
you know, like, <laughs> what's the gig here? What does she do? Because I had a vision, without asking any questions, mm-hmm. I thought she just went out in nature mm. to places that have had trauma and just did this of her own volition, mm. not trying to draw attention to herself necessarily, but you did say that she's like her, getting her work out there. Just now, starting and to. She's been circling, she's been studying this for over two years, three years. So I thought the altruistic goal of this was to just be a positive, open channel for this. And with her and the help of all of those like her, you work to heal the earth. Okay. In yeah. short. All right. I'm going to say this. With a long pause. I'm going to say this too. Her, she does offer services. Right. There are unwelcome spirits sometimes that happen in places and you need to get them out. And sometimes saging and like clapping your hands and saying, you're not welcome here. It doesn't work. And you just need to get a professional in there. It's true. Oh, it happens okay. Sometimes. Well, th- so that's something. But I will say this. She and others like her, I've met some of them in my lifetimes before, spend time, devoted time, to healing the earth without acknowledgement or pay. Like, rather than meditating on like, what can I create in my life to bring more money to me? They're like bringing light to Ukraine. That's why it used to be a YouTube video. (laughs) (laughs) They're like sending light Okay. They're they're sending. So there is a certain just compassion and intention. I wrote down around the globe worldwide vibe. Yes. That she and those like her are trying to create this worldwide vibe. I would argue there's. I'm gonna start thousands, if not millions, of we'll call them light workers, working at that as part of their or maybe separate from like maybe they're an accountant by day and then instead of meditating on money they meditate on bringing light got into this just a little bit but are any of those light workers dudes are we just too distracted with ourselves to give myron's one yeah there's a lot of dudes if you think about like buddhist monks do you picture women or men fair enough but are are Hmm. women allowed to be monks of course Yeah. No. <laughs> I just got slapped. Spirit slapped a little no, bit. No, no, no. I think fucking patriarchy. It depends yeah, on Chris like rocked. your vision of who's doing it. You know, when I picture like a, a temple like, in Tibet or like Nepal, I picture dudes. Yeah. It could be wrong, but that's what I'm picturing. I'm always like, where are the women? And yeah. you, yeah. you, yeah. <laughs> yeah, where are they? I don't know. Uh, Did they not get invited? <laughs> Male, female, black, white, like. Does Bird belong in the NBA or not? <laughs> Should he be one of the greatest ever? That white decent. dude. Uh, and I def- not yeah. necessarily these shamanic journeys. You know, like in indigenous cultures, traditionally they might involve ayahuasca or they might involve like hallucinogens. Hallucinogens are making a comeback. Big comeback. Or animus. Because they free <laughs> the mind from its constraints. Confines, yeah. Yes. Yeah. All That's how the, I want to take my hallucination. All of the biases that we have mm, constructed. Yeah, put together. As much as I'd like to talk about hallucinogens, it's true. You said something about she can get a ghost out of your home. Yeah, I did. Can you talk more about the ghost end of this? Yeah. And well, I would like another like uninterrupted twenty minutes so oh I can God. take notes. Do so, you have a ghost? No. Oh. Not, no. 
I'm just curious about that. Okay. And pausing. anything you can, any light you can shed on that is. So there to me, I'm just going to define to me what it means. Actually, no, I want to hear what you guys say. What is a ghost to you? And do you believe in them? Yes or no. And have you ever had an experience with a ghost? Yes or no. Boy, Jeremy, you go first. I I don't know why, but yeah, we'll Um, we'll move around this way. I'm going to say he's a social worker. Yeah, I don't know what if I would call it ghostly, but presence. I felt that every every once in a while. With who? Like a grandparent or something? Yeah. Yeah. Or like sometimes something will remind me of my mom even. Hmm. And then it's like, whoa, I can I can smell her. Ah. Uh, the nose. I can, I can feel like what it was like as a kid to like have your head when you're crying on your mom's neck, you know? On her bosom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, senses like that really. Wait, what was the original point? Do you, ghosts. Do you, did you ghosts. have an experience with ghosts at all? Um, Mom, ghosts. No, no, I don't think ghost. I, I, I think it really is just presence, mm-hmm. and I don't know if that means ghost. Sure. Well, that's my question. Yeah. So I've felt things. Okay. Do I believe in them? I'm. I think I have to. I mean, I experienced. What it was. And do you believe in God? No. Okay. All right, your turn. Um, skeptical and probably too skeptical. Even if I had an encounter, I just deny it because, you know, I'm that cynical on some level. But one of the s- stories that I surprised myself with in talking to the shaman from Milwaukee or the earth healer was that when I moved to um, Madison at first, I didn't know a soul in town and was profoundly lonely there for a while. New baby oh, yeah. or, uh, isolation there eventually too, whatever. Anyway, lonely, but I lived by the Arboretum and I would walk through these trails where the trees were leaning over me. And, and at some point I really felt like, uh, I had a moment of recognition that I'm I'm not alone here. Yeah. Like a, being, a big tree hug. Yeah. I am being <laughs> held yeah. by this this familiar environment. You know, like I grew up in the country and around some trees and things too, and it was just a uh on a spiritual dimension as close as I've come to the when you talk about an exchange of energy between this world and the invisible one or um maybe the idea that am i commuting like am i interpreting this experience am i making it too much about me Uh. the trees not give a fuck at all you know my mind (laughs) also asks those questions but i just do know that and it's all that's the problem on one level with this versus like a scientific theory is that it's maybe in court they'd call it hearsay or like you know this is just one person's word for it and you can't really support your experiences beyond saying i had the experience trust me it was crazy man Mm. you know 
but I did feel something in that moment. And uh, were you by yourself? I was. And so you had suitably quieted the mind and quieted everything, and you felt open to this. Yeah, I was to like, be in a place where you could feel open to this. What you just said. <laughs> message i guess or level of connection or communion with my the earth at that point so i don't know if we're not talking about a ghost here hmm. uh, what do you think but that's the closest is that a ghost i don't know what do you define as a ghost something that you're out of touch with ordinarily it's always a surprise when they show up right mm-hmm. So like I don't know. Bumping in all these ghosts all the time. The Does that imply stop standing up in the back of my neck? <laughs> Does that so imply intention? I, like, ghosts. I, th- like, I wonder about that too. How much people who see ghosts really, really, really want to see ghosts? Mm. Well, you know, and, and whoa, you can delude yourself into having all sorts of experiences. And I was if thinking that's what you want. Ghost intention. Let's let's assume maybe that there is a ghost. Why why do they make themselves seen? Hmm. And yeah, do we see them? Why and when? Like, is it a, like, do you have to visualize it? Oh. And the ghost doesn't There's... introduce those, themselves necessarily, right? And say like, hey, I'm Steve. I'm here. <laughs> From like Because I had a terrible divorce here and it was really traumatic <laughs> and I'm stuck. Or whatever. Yeah. You know. And I used to hang out down here in the basement. Well, you, but you know what? Uh, Kristen, today, her experiences got fairly specific when she talked about being visited could we say by spirits of mm-hmm. people from the past yeah and she was could they be from the future she you know where's the where do you where does the spirit line yeah i didn't uh, get did to say get if to i you? believe in ghosts yeah so, the universe is a wild place <laughs> and so sounds like you've been practicing this <laughs> i would say I definitely believe in the possibility of ghosts uh, and spirit life among us. Uh, just like you were saying about the places where there was a battle, there's like hundreds and hundreds of human souls like leaving their bodies in a bloody yeah. carnage. So, yeah, I think I believe in the possibility of spirit energy around us. Ah. Like, have I ever seen a ghost or like felt a ghost? I'm sorry to uh, interject, please. No. But I wonder if, and this was one of the questions I had to Kristen today, was like, do you walk into spaces sometimes where you're like, ooh, I was going to have lunch here, but eee, the vibe is fucking dark. Yeah. The energy is weird, and I am out. What did she say? And but you don't have a choice. Like if you're assigned to survey a certain area, oh. and you were to walk on it and be like, "This is haunted this as guy, fuck." This guy is a Segway machine. <laughs> no, but just this feels fucking weird out here. I don't know what this is, yeah. but it's off. It's very off. You still got to plot that shit out, and right, you still got to go. That was one of the things I was building up there was. Uh, I have gone to places that are uh, like horror movie sets. Really? Like abandoned farm type mm. stuff. And that's just creepy. You can't not think yeah. of yeah. of things. Uh, 
Is the windmill creaking? Just Seriously, in the Seriously. background, a little bit. Because that's part of that's part of the property world too. Is like so abandoned, run down. Someone died, or a mangy uh, dog. Wow. Somebody died. You know that happens every day. Um, but just every place has its story, and I go to a lot of run down places. Yeah, really run down places. Hmm. And there's a few that I can just think of. Uh, I'll just okay. You know where Coachman's Golf Course is, by uh, on your way to Stoughton. Just off the highway. Anything? Off 51? Interstate and uh, 51 West. Is it where we randomly ran into each other that one day? No. That was on... It was wild. That was on Highway 73. Coachman's Golf Course. In the town of Albion. All right. It's like... It's ringing a bell. Okay. Well, there's a farm there at the end of a long dead-end driveway... And uh, that's the cre- that's one of the creepier places I've ever been. Really? And just because it was a place that was just like walked away from, like uh, there's just a lot of a lot of stuff there. The house was, you know, a house Ugh. deteriorates pretty fast when there's no one there. You know what was interesting is one of the places energetically that this woman Kristen said can't do it. Too much humanity was her quote. The, the mall, and Chris said, "Ooh, antique malls," and it's a similar thing, right? Like. All of these old things have a story, and someone left them, and then someone else got them. Well, so that... And she can't do that? There's no. there's an aspect oh. of that, of... Uh, and someone... There's still, like, living relatives uh, of this property. Mm-hmm. And, like, someone could just show up there. I'm making it sound so creepy, but it feels so creepy. Okay, Tell me how to you be around. How can you tell that it feels creepy? Where do you feel it? Uh, in my childhood fear area. Body, mind, both thoughts, images. Straight up, like what do you straight do you up like see fear? Shit, or do you feel shit? You expect to see things, okay? Because it's a house. It's a it's a house, and it's just an eerie, quiet place where there's no one around. Mm-hmm. But it's a house, and there's. Stuff everywhere. There used to be life there, and now there's not. It's, it's seen things in a state of decay. And it every, becomes like a Tim Burton scene where, like, so okay, this is taking on a nightmarish aspect. There are some places like that, though, that don't feel creepy. They just feel abandoned and sad. And I can sad. tell you, oh, so I can tell you where so this comes sad to, like, and creepy. I'm trying to. What I'm trying to say is that feeling is an intelligence. Okay. And I'm trying to help, like, identify where how it presents to you. Right. Is it, like, in your heart? Your heart beats faster? Is it something, Lawrence. the hair on the back of your neck? It's a hair on the neck thing. Yeah. And it's a, and here's where it comes from, though. So, <laughs> you ready for a long answer? I am. Go so, another room, you two. So, am I religious? Or was I? Yeah. We all know my story. Yeah. And I was raised with a stern... Uh, visceral image of the devil sure and evil yep and my fire and brimstone upbringing and i can still remember seeing like a commercial for the omen when i was like seven eight years old and it was like tomorrow night after the love boat (laughs) and then a commercial for the omen and it was damien with like fire around the bottom of the screen. Mm. And I was so fucking terrified of that. Like I would, I would, you know, you watch enough TV, you know, the commercials are coming. Yeah. And I would like 
I would like hide from it. I was mm-hmm. so fucking scared of that. This is like five, six, seven year old me probably. So like, yeah. and years of movies and what you've been conditioned to, you know, I've been, how many creepy farmhouses is, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Not, there's an infinite number. The, just the specific Wisconsin lore of like, it looked like the game property probably. Oh yeah. So that's where it comes from. And like, to to maneuver around the buildings and stuff, like that's part of the job. Sometimes is to like get up around the buildings. Got to get it all up in those buildings. And uh, not for you, you just you just expect to you you don't want to look at a window because you just it, what if some what if someone's up there and you and it yeah. feels that way if until you're gone. Face and I just have to drop all my gear here and run. If there I was a person the in the house and I didn't know it and I looked up and saw them, I would. Cast my withers. <laughs> we, we should so fucking prank him and find out where he's going to be. Sometime. I would never do that. Like yeah, that farm, man. White sh- Interesting. My friend and occasional listener, Brad Tisdale, will remember a place we went to in like northern central Wisconsin. And I referred to it. It was a burnt out, abandoned place. Yeah. And the whole time we were there, I was just like, we have got to get out of here. <laughs> that house is filled with children with no eyes. <laughs> And I just said that all day, and that, that's all I could think. It, a big, old, creepy house. Terrible thought. And Brad still, Brad still teases me about the children with no eyes. Me when I go outside tonight to get out of the car. I'm going to walk into that. <laughs> all right. I broke my own rule. You still got to talk about ghosts. Oh, yeah. So the, the big... I have a problem with the word ghosts because um, it doesn't all to me. It's like when I think of ghosts, I think of poltergeist. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally. I think of the omen. OK. I'm running away from a commercial. Yeah. And poltergeist is fucking terrifying, too. Poltergeist scarred me for life, like wounded me. But um, so when I was in college, Duke, actually, uh, who was just here earlier for a pop-in to drop off my sweatshirt. Yeah, she didn't go to Duke. <laughs> my friend well, you Duke... You could. Not that you couldn't. ...had a roommate, Greg, who was a friend of mine as well, and we ran in the same social circles. And um, Greg hung himself in the garage, uh, and Duke found him, and they were roommates. And when I found out about this, I had this sense of Greg's well I'll just use the word ghost because it's the easiest word coming to me and basically title waving me with all of the emotional stuff that was going through his mind when he hung himself and it was it felt like the best way I can describe it is if if you're like Play-Doh and someone puts a handprint on you it's like that. It's like you're not the hand exactly, but you're it's like impressed upon you. And it was um, I thought I was going crazy. I was afraid for like my own safety. And like um, I was like, should I hide the knives? I was feeling like out of control. I was feeling like all the things he was feeling. And it was sort of like an energetic empathy experience is what I would sort of call it and um, so I got uh, sort of over that 
somehow. I don't remember exactly the tools that I used. But then years later, I was going through my Reiki training. And Reiki is a form of like energy healing that's pretty common now. And um, Greg's ghost, we'll say, was still with me. And he was like just kind of attached. And um, what that felt like was when you like tuned into it, it feels like there's something there, not like a mosquito, but it's sort of like just something there that's um, influencing your sense of autonomy. And um, so it's not necessarily distinct and obvious. It's more like a subtle um, wind blowing or something like you, you smell something in the wind you're like, oh, is there a fire burning down like a mile away? I smell something. It's not like a uh, my head's turning around in circles exorcist kind of thing. It's just more kind of like a, I don't know how else to explain it, but hopefully that kind of gives An you unmistakable gist. that guy energy. It's something. Oh, it was dis- very distinctly him. Distinctly him. And so this introduced me to the idea of um, compassionate depossession which is essentially starting a dialogue with the energy of the person who hasn't gotten where they need to go and saying, hey, ding dong, you're in the wrong place. Like, you can't stay here. And obviously that's not as nice as what you would say, but... Ding dong? Yeah. Sometimes (laughs) they need assistance to reset their compass, to understand they're not in their body anymore and they're not in the earthly plane anymore and they need to like travel the bridge or get some guides and like move on. So that's my first experience with like a ghost. And to this day, I'm still um I've had a few more since then and it's all um unintentional. It just like happens and then I'm like shit. I got to fucking deal with this. I'm going to call the shaman or I'm going to get some energy therapy. I'm going to doesn't happen frequently, but when it does, it's very unsettling because then you're like, what are we living in? Really? Like how much energetic disturbance and influence Mm. do we just exist in without Mm. our conscious awareness of it? And it's probably quite a bit like a lot. So it does make me wonder, without distinct boundaries and like a clear sense of how to handle our energetic bodies, how much of ourselves is being influenced by other things at any given time? And how much wasted energy is there in our little system? Yeah, a lot. Oh, God. Here's a place that'll make you believe in energy of the deceased. Hmm. Uh my first job as a young man was mowing the lawn at the church I went to hmm. and its expansive cemetery. Ah. That was... I mowed the cemetery, too. I also mowed cemeteries at one time. Wow. Right. Up right. on the top of the hill. <laughs> I'm surrounded That is by a weird thing to have in common. cemetery mowers. What? And to be there by oh yourself, God. and you have to pretend like it doesn't bother you, uh, but this place was ancient. It had members of the Durward family. 
with these ancient gravestones that was in like this ancient rusty wrought iron. Durward's Glen. Durward's Glen. This is right out of a fucking horror movie. Dude. And when I was a preteen and teen, I'd have to go up there and mow that and pretend like it didn't bother me. And the marvelous thing about a cemetery is people do just randomly show up there. So you're like mowing along or doing something. And all of a sudden you look up and see a person. Uh Uh-uh. Not like they're, you know what I mean? It's such an unsettling, again, all all the movie stuff you see, you're so conditioned, poltergeist, all this stuff, you're conditioned to be be, on alert. But why have there been stories for time immemorial about spirits beyond our tangible plane? I don't know. I mean, because maybe it's true. You kind of, the way I think of it is life is energy. We inhabit this soil, earthy body. And then when the body dies, the energy goes somewhere. And it has a destination ultimately, probably. But sometimes, you know, there's dissonance or. But does it. I, I would even question. Does it. I would even question if it needs a destination mm. or can it be just put. Put forth back into the stew. It could. But I think that sometimes the stew, it's sort of like um, someone hanging themselves is a trauma. And so just like trauma can get stuck in the body, I also feel like it can get energetically stuck. And I think that there are some empathic people like myself that just like tune in to like certain radio frequencies unintentionally their their dial is just like tuned 6 20 a.m oh my god i'm feeling what they felt because they're stuck in this trauma energetically so then there's just like a certain unchosen responsibility then to help release the trauma and it's not like you want it i mean you're doing it just to clear your own signal I rem- yeah, you are doing it to clear your own signal. The trick for me is I've talked to a lot of um, intuitives and like healing people. And some people are really on the far end of the spectrum. They're like, I'm being invaded all the time. My energy is being violated. Dead people are coming to talk to me every night. I wake up and they're standing over my bed like violated. And then there's other people that are like. Like the conjuring. Yeah. And all and other people are like, all you have to do is just state like you mean it. I'm not a vehicle for invasion. You can't invade me. This is my space, not yours. So there's some like in between ground of like healers that think you are your own autonomous being. No one can invade you. And then there's this other spectrum where like I've said that a million times and I'm still getting invaded as fuck. And like they're it's still like you've here. It's like so you've got to maintain some invisible velvet rope or something. Yes, right, exactly. <laughs> and there's a membrane. There's some sort of, for some people, they get up every day, they do a clearing, and they put like energetic Teflon around themselves. Just Teflon. But I've also heard advice that if you try to build up a wall like that, some people do it when they're kids if they're really sensitive, there's not a free flowing exchange of energy and it's actually detrimental to like growth and you end up closing yourself off 
than from connection. So it has to be like this happy medium. But when no one's talking about these things as like an actual reality and it's all just like crazy bullshit, it's really hard to find the tools because you have to go to the the people you think might be legit and hope that they have tools. But so it's not somebody who's in the crazy bullshit business. There's a lot of crazy bullshit. Woo woo. Do you know Kathy uh, Milanowski from Deerfield? Uh-uh. No, she does Reiki. Oh. She's right on Main Street. She's got a beautiful maybe place. We should, maybe <gasps> we should interview her. Energy therapy is she really totally good and I important. I think she does lots of podcasts. I don't know. Oh, really? Do people who do Reiki like to talk about Reiki? I don't know. I haven't maybe talked much about talk, it. ask her about other things. It was a life. Reiki joke. Oh, come on. <laughs> a Reiki joke. Have you ever had Reiki? You should get some. No. She Try did it, it out. Me. Do you think it'll cure my white innocence? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> you know what I think is that really you like unsavory? Is that it? You know what would be a funny? I just think it's a funny turn on white guilt. White innocence. That I have white innocence. I didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. How about white ignorance? But. Please pop me while I play. I supply enthusiasm aimed at your end. Oh. 